Coming up, panoramic sunroofs, quote unquote, exploding as you just drive along. What are you gonna do if that happens to you and you finally get your car to the dealership and they say, dude, that's your problem. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. For buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card that I hauled all the way, you know, up there now. Dude, and after that I have to say I was shattered. Clearly not as young as I used to be. Now, this just in, hot off the press, whatever, or at least with a certain urgent tone in the email from Leslie Teo in Queensland. Teo? Teo? Tomato? Tomato? I don't know. Anyway, Leslie, this one's for you. I recently purchased a 2021 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. Sorry to hear that, Leslie. Like, nobody deserves that. All is well with the car until recently when I was driving on the highway and out of a sudden, my sunroof exploded. So I'm going to stop you right there, Leslie, because it didn't actually explode. It just broke. And I get that there was a bang, but there's a substantial difference. And we might as well all get on the same page of using the correct technical terminology, because if it ever comes to court and you need to sort of plead your case, then getting the words right is going to be kind of important. Explosions are exemplified by supersonic shockwaves. Okay, so if a sunroof did explode and you were in the line of fire, you would have bits of glass, like those little tiny bits of shattered glass from tempered glass, you would have them embedded into you. That's bad. What sunroofs actually do is break. And because they're made out of tempered glass, which is, as the name implies, heat treated, it's got these high residual, I think they're tensile stresses on the outside and inside faces of the glass. And that's kind of important. They might be compressive, I forget, it doesn't matter anyway. The main thing is that these stresses are all reasonably resolved, but if you break the glass for whatever reason, and this is why they use them in shower screens and big sliding glass doors and things of that nature, you don't get these big long pieces of glass with razor sharp scalpel edges capable of slicing you in half and severing major blood vessels and things of that nature. As soon as there's a defect in the glass, like a little tiny crack, the whole thing goes off because the crack is a site where those quite high stresses on the outside are unresolved and then a shockwave just travels through the glass and it travels quite fast, but the glass itself doesn't explode. It just kind of more or less spontaneously fractures, like it breaks very quickly and falls apart into tiny little pieces, far less predisposed to causing sort of major vascular trauma. So that's how this works. And if you want to see that in action, all right, you can look up a thing called the Prince Rupert drop, which sounds like kind of a deleted scene from a pornographic movie, but it's really about how tempered glass fails. And there's some excellent uh, phantom shot, like high-speed camera shot, ultra slow-mo of the Prince Rupert drop fracturing. And with tempered glass, the failure is kind of like that, but on a plate as opposed to just a big droop of glass that gets chilled very quickly. Anyway, you can look that up if you're really interested in the applied physics of the failure of sunroofs. 
back to Leslie. My first thought was maybe something must have hit it. No, that's almost never the case with the fracturing of sunroofs. We'll get to that. However, upon reviewing my dash cam footage, I could not see any visible debris or stone on the road. Yeah, well, I don't think you'd see it anyway, but it's almost certainly not that. Upon searching on the internets about exploding sunroofs, which are really just breaking, I realise this has happened to many people, many due to manufacturing defects of the glass they use. Yeah, it's almost certainly that. You have also mentioned before that it is almost impossible for a stone to shatter my sunroof. Yeah, it is. In fact, I've been looking at this phenomenon of quote-unquote exploding sunroofs for almost 10 years now on YouTube. Jesus, that's a wake-up call to get a real job, isn't it? <laughs> I called Mercedes-Benz Australia in the hope naive, I know, to get some answers only to be given the runaround with different quote-unquote customer service agents and told different things. Go figure. Mercedes-Benz is so desirable and yet, as a brand, you know, the icon, the three-prong, and yet so profoundly shit at customer service. And this is the main reason that I don't recommend them. It's because once you've paid the dough, it's almost like you're just a cash dispensing unit. You're like an ATM without end if you've got a problem. Anyway, Leslie goes on and says they finally agreed to have the car towed to the local dealership. Well, how fucking magnanimous of them. To my shock, I get a call from the dealership saying, we received this car that was towed to us. What are we doing about it? So no communication there, at least no salient communication there, right? Anyway, there seems to be no communication with Mercedes head office and their dealership partners. Yeah, I mean, why would you bother with that when you can, I don't know, go out to lunch? So, well, I don't think Mercedes Australia is going to do anything about it since it seems most likely you hit a stone or something, which is unmitigated bullshit and we are getting there. So ultimately my question is, what are the chances that Mercedes-Benz will deal with this as a manufacturing defect and fix it under warranty? I don't like getting bullied by big corporations. Who does? Trying their luck to see if a person will back off when they make things hard and to deny responsibility, or am I better off just being what they call a rich idiot Maybe I already am since I bought a Mercedes. So look, Leslie, this is how you know you don't suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect because you know, you're know you smart enough to know that you might be categorized in this way. Whereas someone stupid enough to presume that they're a genius would never even canvas that possibility. So well done you. Uh, and just going to my insurance, pay my excess and get a downgrade in my rating that I had for the past eight years. Well, well done you for not crashing for eight years and building up that no claim bonus, which is currently at risk. Leslie closes with, thank John, thank John, as in the manner of, thank God, love your videos. I'm sorry your life has come to this, Leslie. I really am. I mean that most sincerely. Now, I first got interested in these issues. I hated the way the paper continuously rebounds like that. Anyway, I first got interested in this in the early 2010s, I think, when I was still working from time to time as a freelancer on Channel 7 here, and I was interviewed on Sunrise about a chick, she won't mind me categorising her in that way because I helped her, named Maddie Ross, and she had some Hyundai, it was a Santa Fe or a Veloster, I forget, and anyway, she's driving along one day and explosion of sunroof. 
And then a dude named Brett Cowan, who had, I think, an iX35. Same thing happened to him, right? And I was a little bit depressed about the way Hyundai handled that. And if you ever think uh, I'm in their pocket, just have a read on my website about what I had to say about the way they, in my view, attempted to whitewash that by getting a sunroof installer with essentially no appreciation for things like ballistic dynamics and impact energy and failure modes of glass and things of that nature but a, a sunroof installer with a great deal of experience installing sunroofs to write a report that basically said it was probably an impact like dude how would they friggin know anyway here's the thing about basic impact dynamics like let's say you're driving along and a hammer appears you know magically above your sunroof and it just falls down, boom, hits the sunroof with enough impact energy to break it. When it breaks the sunroof, okay, before, well, let's step back in time, milliseconds in time. When it's interacting with the glass, but not yet breaking it, the hammer is pressing down on the glass and the glass is pressing back and the hammer's still falling. So the loads are increasing. And then they get to the point where the roof goes off, it fails, and it fails catastrophically and quickly. So at exactly that point, the load that the roof can oppose the hammer with disappears rapidly to zero. And because the hammer is unresolved at that point, it just falls straight through. Like there's no magic hand hanging onto the other end of it, right? It just falls straight through. And I'd have to say, if you're a dude with fat cave, you got one hammer, you got like, uh, I can't reach it. Anyway, you've got a standard claw hammer. You want to get hammer number two. I can thoroughly recommend the brass hammer, okay? So useful as the next hammer, just saying. We could get into that if you want, if you want to do a bit more practical workshop application and become a madman of metallurgical mayhem. So anyway, it's all, what I'm saying is that if a projectile hits your friggin' sunroof and shatters it, then what happens to the projectile? It falls straight through and guess where you're gonna find it? It's gonna be somewhere inside the car because Isaac Newton wrote the book on physics that way. When there's no opposing load, it falls through and ends up in the car. And it has to be quite an energetic projectile, right? So I went through this thought process of applied physics. And if this is your first time on this channel, I should just tell you that I have a basic bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, right? And that frigging made my brain bleed, but I get basic applied physics like this, okay? So, <clears throat> excuse me, my fundamental uh, first impression of this problem 10 years ago when I first started looking at it was there's no way the wheel of a car, the tire of a car, a truck, whatever, coming towards you or traveling in the same direction, maybe it's just overtaken you and flicked something up, it's got to loft itself up like this. The rock has to loft right up into the air and achieve sufficient height to acquire sufficient gravitational potential energy to come down and hit the sunroof with sufficient kinetic energy to break the roof, okay? And my gut reaction to that, based on my training, was that's friggin' impossible. But like, who am I? There's thousands of people better at engineering than me. So what I basically did then was I went and searched actively for a proper brainiac who could corroborate my gut feeling. And I found a dude named Professor Tarek Jodi. 
Okay, and I'm reading from my notes here because I want to get it right and I don't want to misrepresent him. He's a professor of mechanical engineering at UC Berkeley, at the University of California, Berkeley, which is a prestigious technical academic institution. In fact, that's underselling it a bit. They're freaking up there. You don't get to be a professor of mechanical engineering at this institution by filling in the form on the cornflakes packet. <laughs> You actually have to pay attention. And not only that, you have to be actually good at it, like really good, like SEAL Team 6 good at applied physics, right? And a similar thing happened to a woman who owned a BMW in the US at about the same time, and it went all over the internets. And if you want to look him up, it's Tarek, T-A-R-E-K, Jody, which is Z Z. O-H-D-I, and he's at the UC Berkeley, okay? And he investigated that off the back of a media inquiry, and he did the calculations and basically came to this conclusion, which I'm quoting. He said, there is not a chance in the world that an unintentional rock that is lofted by a vehicle would ever break a sunroof panel. In my opinion, the car manufacturer has the problem basically it's a manufacturer's defect, okay? Now, when a proper brainiac says words like not a chance in the world that something would ever happen, unquote, that's quite unusual because they usually hedge their, hedge their bets a little, don't they? You know, they always say, well, it's unlikely or highly unlikely. But when they say not a chance in the world, dude, that means not a chance in the world, like, not happening, okay? So in practice, the failure mechanisms for these roofs, when they do go off, it involves, in my estimation, some kind of misalignment in manufacturing so that the clearance between the glass and the parts that it operates around are minimized or perhaps less than ideal, but they still fit, whatever. And then there's probably some other confluence of influences, if there's not a pandemic of exploding sunrooms in a particular model, right? So if these are just isolated or infrequent events, right, what happens, I'm estimating, is that the, the clearances are tight and then it's a really hot or really cold day. So that changes the clearances again because the steel that the sunroof is mounted in obviously expands or contracts respectively, right? And then you might go over a bump. You might go over the least ideal bump on earth and that just tweaks the chassis and torsion or shear or something. And those things all combine to produce an unexpected, unacceptable load on the glass, which fails, okay, by virtue of generating a micro crack somewhere. And it's most likely in the corners, incidentally, right? Because in the corner, if this is a glass panel that's been tempered, in the corners, the stresses are very poorly resolved, right? In the center of the glass, the stresses are very well resolved because if they're in tension, they're pulling back unilaterally in every direction, unilaterally and in every direction right? And that means they're well resolved. But in the corners, obviously, the tension can only happen in this quadrant here and there's no uh, resolution for the other 270 degrees. So they're the weak points in tempered glass, which is why if you ever have to rescue somebody trapped in a vehicle like a baby or even a pet, okay, trapped in summer, the place to attack the glass is in 
one of the top corners, the 90 degree one near the A or B pillar typically, okay? And the way to do it is with one of these babies, okay? It's like a spring-loaded center punch. Focus, camera. You can do it, or maybe you can't. Anyway, it's one of these things. And all you do is get near the corner, go like this, and then have a bit of a press, and when the spring-loaded pawl unloads, the impact energy in the corner is sufficient to cause that catastrophic shockwave of failure throughout the glass, okay? So that's something to bear in mind. Don't buy a $3,000 rescue tool or something. Just get yourself, I think these are like 20 bucks, you know, and they last forever, they're really good. You can put it in the center console of your car and just have it on hand if you ever see, you know, someone or something trapped in a hot car. So. Uh, corroborating my theory about hypothesis about this being a manufacturer's defect and also Professor Zodi's uh, hypothesis about that. The Wall Street Journal reported in uh, 2012 that Volkswagen in America recalled 13,000 2012 Audi Q5 shitboxes for exactly this problem. Edmunds has also reported again in America that there was a recall for 13,500 Hyundai Velosters. That was at about the same time. And this phenomenon of uh, exploding sunroofs also happens more or less infrequently. And I found examples of it happening to Volvo, Honda, Mazda and Chrysler in Morocco, right? So if they try to brush you off on this, I just wouldn't cop it. I'd just say I know what causes this kind of failure. It's widely reported. There's plenty of evidence. There's been numerous recalls. Here's Professor Jody's widely reported conclusion that there is not a chance in the world that an unintentional rock that is lofted by a vehicle would ever break a sunroof panel. If there's no projectile that they can identify inside the vehicle because failure, it's got to fall through because there's no other forces acting upon it. It can't bounce off if there's nothing bouncing it off, right? It just can't happen, okay? I just wouldn't wear it, but you are up against the Death Star, and the Death Star is profoundly shit at customer care. And this is why I don't recommend them. Like, reliability, maliability, who cares, right? If your car's got a problem, and they sort of rush out in their white coats because they highly trained technicians from the Centre for European Nuclear Research or something. Large Hadron Collider, you know, I had a job at the Large Hadron Collider as a technician, but this job at Mercedes-Benz bumfuck came up and I couldn't say no, right? And they rush out and they say, oh, this is terrible, Leslie. Let us fix it for you. Then you could absolutely forgive all quality kind of defects, couldn't you? Like if they got on it and they made you feel like you were a valued customer and they fixed the problem rapidly and without very much complaint, then I'd recommend Mercedes-Benz all fucking day long. I just would. But because they are the antichrist of prestige vehicle customer service, I just can't do that. And this business about a dealership service advisor telling you that it was probably a projectile and you'd best go and see your insurance company, that is such emphatically indefensible bullshit because guaranteed that person does not have a PhD in mechanical engineering from UC Berkeley, doesn't even have a bachelor's degree from the University of Technology, Sydney, 
in the same field, all right? Applied physics says sunroofs can't just break from random, lofted up projectile impact. I mean, obviously, if there's some druggie standing on an overpass dropping bricks on cars for kicks, different story. There's almost certainly enough impact energy in a brick dropped on a car like that to do the job, right? But as for just being flicked up by a tyre rotating at 110 k's an hour, which is what, about 30 metres a second? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing a rock about as big as, uh, you know, the first joint on your thumb getting thrown sufficiently high to acquire enough impact energy to do that. And any service advisor, A, they didn't study this kind of thing, they wouldn't know. Their opinion on this is indefensible and completely out of step with applied physics, meaning that can't happen, okay? It just cannot happen that way. Sunroofs do not fail this way. And the other thing I'd suggest, really, if you're concerned about this phenomenon happening to you, and I, frankly, I think it doesn't happen very often, but it happens often enough to be of great concern to the people it happens to, right? And if you wanted to mitigate the risk of broken bits of glass falling down onto your kids in the back seat or something, then get the sunroof tinted. Because if you do that, they'll put a film on the inside. And if there is a shockwave that breaks the uh, glass catastrophically into those little pieces, the film will hold it together. It'll still be loud and unpleasant. You'll still have to have all of those unpalatable conversations with fuckwits in customer service and at the dealership who try and fob the responsibility off so they can charge you the full freight for the sunroof and the labour to fit it, right? But Ultimately, it won't all fall down on the kiddies. So there's that to consider. Anyway, Leslie, I hope this helps. And it really does shit me that dealerships are still trying to brush consumers on this problem. I'm not surprised that it's happening at Mercedes-Benz. They're awful. And I don't, for a moment, disbelieve your account of trying to deal with them at the dealership or at their customer care department, their customer don't give a shit department. So... I just hope you can stand your ground, go through the pain and get a resolution, quote unquote, for free, even though, hey, it's not really free, is it? Because the cost, even if they don't charge you money, the cost is going to be the unpleasantness of it happening for which they should fucking well apologise. And B, it's going to be the pain of getting them to come to the party. But anyway, I wish you all the best. Now, if you've had a problem like this with your sunroof, just let me know what the make and model was in the comments below and tell me how easy or difficult it was for you to get a resolution. And we might get a picture of exactly how widespread this problem is out there on the road anywhere, but even to Dingo Piss Creek. Wouldn't it be unpleasant if that happened on the big lap of Australia? You were hundreds of kilometres from anywhere and then, heaven forbid, it starts to rain.